It's time. You wonder why the church has lost so much power this day? Why? Because there ain't enough true worship going on. See, because worship is not just an in-church thing. Okay? It's not just a waving of hands and clapping hands and singing and praising and dancing. Worship is a 24-7 event. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us again here on the Souls to Christ Radio Outreach. Get ready to do a deep dive into God's holy word from our pastor. Let's join him now as he further elaborates on today's message. Welcome back, friends. You know, this has been an amazing journey that we've been on as we have discovered what it means to be a true worshiper of God. We started this series back in John chapter 4 where we learned that God is seeking true worshipers. We saw Jesus introduce and explain true worship to a Samaritan woman. We also discovered in our study that there were four distinct modes of worship, prayer, presence, gifts, and service. Today we're introducing the last part in this series. In this lesson, we'll see the correlation between our service and worship in that they are, in fact, synonymous. As we examine the scriptures, we'll see how the doctrine of service in both the Old and New Testament equates to true worship to our Lord. My friends, God is indeed seeking true worshipers, for that is the only road that leads to heaven. Now let's get into the Word. This is our last message in the worship series this week. It would be part seven worshiping through our service. This will be the completion of the series uh, that we begun some several weeks ago that has taught us the difference between real worship, true worship, that which is accepted by God, and that which is rejected being false worship. We've learned the four modes of true worship, which we enter into true worship by way of our prayers, by way of our presence, by way of our gifts, and our service. And we have discovered through this study of worship that it entails far more than the lifting or clapping of hands and the singing or the dance, but worship is a 24-7 event as rendered to the Lord through our love and our humility and our total obedience and reverence to who he is. And so understanding what real worship, true worship, that which is acceptable by God, we're going to complete this series. We've taken our text coming from the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 2. But what I want us to do, as we have done in prior teachings, we're going to look at the Old Testament scriptures first that, it, that really embellish the concept of worshiping through our service. And so as we look at the Old Testament word or, or the Hebrew word, for service or to serve, that word is abad, which means to work or to be worked or to be made a slave or be made to serve or to worship or bow down to that Hebrew word abad. As we look at the scriptures throughout the book of Exodus, we see that in every text that contains the word serve the Lord in some of the translations, and I'm going to point out specifically the new Living Translation. It translates these words as worship the Lord. And so what I want to do, as I said, we're going to first look at the Old Testament scriptures uh, that deal with serving the Lord. Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse number 12. And the scripture reads, And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon 
this mountain. Now, remember, this is the last installment of this worship series, which has to do with the fourth mode of worship, which is worshiping through our service. Here, God is telling Moses when he first uh, instructed Moses that he was going to send him down to get his people out of Egypt, for he had heard their cries, and they had been down there and suffered 400 years of bondage under the Egyptians. He was now sending Moses and told Moses that, you know, this is going to be proof positive to you that when you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, that you're going to bring them here, that they will serve upon this mountain. Now, the New Living Translation of the same text states this in Exodus 3 and 12. God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I almost said serve. You will worship God at this very mountain. And so the NLT and others as well translate this serve God as worship the Lord based on uh, the Hebrew word abad. And he talks again in the book of Exodus uh, 8 and 1. Here uh, the Lord is speaking again. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go, that they may serve me. Okay? Now, the NLT interpretation again, Exodus 8 and 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, go back to Pharaoh and announce to him that this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. Again, in many of the Old Testament scriptures that deal with serving the Lord, the word in the newer translation, substitute that word serve with worship. Why? Because it's important that we understand what true worship is all about. That was what God had instructed Israel to do, to worship him. Okay? Even in Exodus chapter 12, verse 31, And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get thee forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Now, of course, this is Pharaoh calling Moses after that last event, praise God, which uh, signified the Passover, where they got the Passover from, where God sent forth and he killed all the firstborn of Egypt. But, of course, the nation of Israel escaped by putting the sacrificial lamb, the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost. Amen? Amen. Here we have... Pharaoh calling Moses and instructing Moses, basically, you've won. Or I should say, your God has won. He's proven himself. Take your people and go. Amen? Of course, the NLT, again, interpretation of Exodus 12, 31, says, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Get out, he ordered. Leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Okay? Again, Exodus chapter 20, when God was instructing them and was giving to them through Moses his commandments, the Ten Commanders, Commandments, Exodus 20 and 5. The Lord spoke here, says, Thou shalt not bow down, remember worship, all about bow down and prostrating yourself, taking a low stance in reverence or homage to a deity. He says, And thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am jealous, God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that what? hate me. Now, of course, the NLT substitutes again, serve the Lord with worship. Again, NLT 20 and 5. Ye must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. So again, that serving God, as that Hebrew word is meticulously interpreted as worship. So in this last mode of worship, as we understand that we worship God not only through our prayers and through our presence, our showing up at the house of God, not only through our gifts, the gifts that we bring to the house of God, but also through our service. We also find this in the book of Joshua. In his final address to the people of Israel, to them as he was encouraging them or actually telling them that they need to be careful not to return to the former idolatry of the past, not to worship those gods that their forefathers worshiped. In Joshua 24, 14, the scripture reads here, he says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Again, the NLT renders this translation of Joshua 24, 14. He says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Are y'all getting the picture here? We worship God through our service to the Lord. And again, the meticulous interpretation out of the Old Testament scriptures based on that word, Avad oftentimes is substituted worship. You're not supposed to bow down and worship any other God but the Lord God who created heaven and earth. He is the only one wise and true God. Do you agree? Amen. We have so many Old Testament scriptures that carefully and synonymously use the word serve with worship. And so we're going to come on back to the New Testament just to point that out to you. We serve and we worship God according to that which he has told us, and how he leads us and instructs us by way of his spirit. Now, the example I want to give to you beginning in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Here, Jesus, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, being led up into the, the wilderness to be tempted of Satan, set the record straight as the enemy tried to tempt him to bow down and to serve or worship him. In Matthew 4 and 8, it says, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, let's read that together, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only, what? Shalt thy what? Serve. Do y'all see that? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. Anybody on the Lord's side today? Huh? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Huh? 
Why? Because it's given that you should worship God. Even Jesus, again, he set the record straight. Don't you bow down to any other God. No other idol should have your love, your attention, your affection, your commitment, your devotion, your dedication outside of the God that created you, the same God that created all the world, all the heavens, everything in the universe. He is the only God that you should be worshiping. He is the only God that you should be serving. And see, you need to realize that your service to the Lord is your worship unto the Lord. Because huh? if you serve anything else other than God, then you are entering into idolatry, which is false worship. It's not true worship. And it's not the worship that's going to be acceptable unto God. And it's not the thing that you're going to ever hope to receive a reward from, no matter how much you might try and make people believe that you're serving God or you're doing this in the name of the Lord. Because believe you me, and Christ even confirms that there are many that are going to come in that day and say in that day, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Huh? Did we not heal the sick in your name? And Christ is going to say, depart from me, ye work of iniquity. I never knew you. Who are you again? Because the worship has to involve, remember, uh, we started this thing by realizing that in order for there to be true worship, there had to have been an encounter with God. There had to be an encounter with Christ. And no man can call Christ uh, Jesus Lord except to be by way of the what? Spirit. And we discovered that even our first encounter with Christ was through the vehicle or the worship vehicle of prayer when we prayed the prayer of salvation, which ushered us into the presence of the Lord. And as we repented of our sins and asked God to forgive us and save us, he answered that prayer, our worship, which came directly from his word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, whereby we discovered that that's the only way that we're going to escape hell and all of his fury. Amen? Through the word of God, through prayer, through the spirit of God that leads us into worship. Are y'all with me? And we need to see that. Don't bow down to any other God. Don't you give your commitment, your love, and don't let anything separate you from the love of God. Paul realized that nothing that could actually do that, but you can be distracted to the point where you enter into a form of worship that is not only displeasing to God, but will bring forth God's rebuke and judgment upon you. Are y'all hearing me? You've got to be careful about that. You know what? There were three Hebrew boys that were willing to die for true worship. We have that in Daniel 3.14. In Daniel 3.14, we got those three Hebrew boys. Let me just read the text. Nebuchadnezzar spake, and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has set up this golden image. And when the music played, that everybody, once they heard that music, they were to bow down. They were to hit their face. They were to worship this image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And somehow, Nebuchadnezzar, word got back to him that these three Hebrew boys refused to serve. They refused to bow down. They refused to worship. So, of course, Nebuchadnezzar had them brought, and he asked them the question. You telling me that y'all not bowing down when the music plays? Jump down to verse 17. We're going to go quickly through this. This is their response. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, verse 18, be it known unto thee, O king, 
that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar said, look, if anybody refuses to bow down to this image, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn them up. I'm going to cast them into the fiery furnace. And you don't ever have to worry about worship anymore because I'm going to cook you. You're going to be toast. Well, these three Hebrew boys understood something. They knew something about God and were willing to die for what they believed. They said, you know what, we know our God is able to deliver us, but guess what, Nebuchadnezzar? If he don't, we still ain't going to bow down. Right. Isn't that something? Right. How many of us are willing to die for worship? Amen. True worship. Amen. Mm. Let's hear the conclusion of the matter. Let's jump down to verse 28. Because needless to say, their God did deliver them. Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Do you see that? Oh my goodness. I wonder how many of your friends can say that about you. Huh? That, that you refuse to bow down, that you refuse to surrender, that you refuse to submit to this world and its operation as a way of not yielding your members, your body, your stuff, uh, and even your way of operation to the God of this world. Not many Christians today can say that. Why? Because they're going with the world. They're following the world. Whatever the world says is good, if it fits and floats their boat, they're going to go with it. Isn't that a shame? You wonder why the church has lost so much power this day? Why? Because there ain't enough true worship going on. See, because worship is not just an in-church thing. Again, it's not just a waving of hands and clapping hands and singing and praising and dancing. Worship is a 24-7 event. And they were willing to die. Well, needless to say, God did deliver them. And now Nebuchadnezzar, look at what he said in verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree. Now, here Nebuchadnezzar, he's, he's making another decree, praise God. The first decree didn't go over too well because the first time he came up against some true worship, true believers, he had to change his statement of fact. Amen. Hello, somebody. Uh, therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver them after this sort. Hello, somebody. See, see, you need to maintain your testimony for God before this world. Because when you go out there, the enemy's going to try to change your testimony. He's going to try to get you to bow down. He's going to try and get you to worship him. He's going to try and get you to go along with everybody else. But don't you change and don't you not call on the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the name that all of them, in a moment of time, and before they enter into eternity, they're going to have to bow to that name. Amen? Hallelujah. Now he made a decree. I need everybody. And don't you call on no other God but their God because they're, they're God because their God is God. Amen. You need to serve God just like you. You know because you do know if the spirit of God is in you, the spirit of God is already confirmed to you. You couldn't even call Jesus Lord unless it be by the spirit of God. And so the Spirit of God, having made plain to you and made known to you that this is indeed God, 
that there should be no other God in your sphere of words or, or operation or in doing that would conflict the word, the true word of God that came by way of his son. Here, let's look at something else. Even in our invocation, even in our worship, as we enter into this place, every Sunday we recite Psalms 100, verses 1 and 2. Everyone, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Every Sunday when we open up worship, when we invite worship, we open up with Psalms 100. Guess what? NLT and other translations interpret it this way. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. That's NLT Psalms 100 verses 1 and 2. So you got right there that word out of Psalms, the, the, the Hebrew word abad being interpreted as worship because that's what we do. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and we come to worship. So that's why pastor has instituted that every Sunday. We open up with Psalms 100. Why? Because we're inviting ourselves and inviting everyone else in the sanctuary to come and worship him. Let's give God praise. Amen. Let's keep it moving. Go with me to the book of Acts. Go with me to the book of Acts. Acts 13 and 2. Look what it says here. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Here as the apostles were together, all collectively gathered together, praying and, and, and worshiping, and they were fasting. And, and what happened? They were led by the Lord according to his spirit. It says, after they had finished ministering to the Lord. Now, NLT, this same text in NLT, Acts 13, verse number 2, says this. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So here we see in the New Testament. In some of the interpretations of the word minister, we have the word worship. Why? Because worship is all about serving and ministering according to the Lord in homage and reverence unto him. So it says, after they finished worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit led them to send Paul and who? Barnabas, because he had work for them to do. So we need to understand the Greek word here, which is liturgio has its reference to the Hebrew word abad as well. And it means to serve or to perform religious duties. Here we see interpreted as worship, not only in the NLT, but also in the RVS, Revised uh, Version, and the EVS, okay, as well. They interpret this word ministered as worship. Somebody say worship. Worship. I'll tell your neighbor, you got to work it out. Are y'all with me? Let's go back to Philippians. We started in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's go back to Philippians now. Philippians 2, verse 9. It says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Exalted who? Jesus. And given him a name which is above what? Every name. 
Remember, we started this text. Actually, I gave it to you in the morning scripture where we started in verse 2 and 5, and we read down to verse 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. What servants do is they render service to the Lord in an act of true worship to him. It says, and he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, we've gone through all of those Old Testament scriptures that, where it talked about many of the books of Deuteronomy and the books of Exodus where they substituted their word serve for worship. A servant is called to serve God or, in fact, worship God through his service to God. Are y'all hearing me, saints? And so we come into this place, we come to worship, but we come to serve him according to the word of God that he has given us to do so. And we can't serve him apart from the spirit of God. And that's why here the writer of Philippians, here Paul is encouraging the church at Philippi. He says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. What is the mind that was in Christ Jesus? that you understand what it means to serve and to worship God. It says, why? Because he being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He's saying, look, this was indeed God in the flesh. He was God incarnate. He shared all of the attributes of God, but yet being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be what? Equal with God. Why? Because he took upon him uh, the likeness of sinful flesh. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. He took on the likeness of sinful flesh and became obedient unto death. So he took the form of a servant in order that he might show us how service is handled or how worship is conducted as you submit yourself to the Lord. It says not only did he become a servant, it says he made himself no reputation. He became obedient unto death. I told you, how many of you are willing to die for worship? Huh? A lot of us, we let so many things distract us and get in our way of worship. I told you before, a lot of you haven't worshipped in a while. Or a lot of people haven't worshipped in a while and, and don't worship like they ought to. Why? Because they don't pray like they ought to. A lot of people that haven't worshipped in a while because a lot of people ain't been to church in a while. I'm sorry, sitting in the home watching TV and watching service on TV is not worshipping with your presence because presence means that I have to show up. I have to be in the house of the Lord. If I'm going to present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service, which is my starting point, I have to be present in order to present. Amen? Amen. I have to show up at the house of God. I have to be present in order to present myself. Amen? And then I also have to show up to, to, to give my gifts to the Lord. Right? So, Because so, I can't give my gifts unless I'm here. Some say, well, okay, I, I give to worship services and I give to churches all the time online. Okay, well, that's a beautiful thing. But you need to find a local church where you can serve and render your gifts in an act of true worship unto the Lord. Bedside Baptist is not acceptable unto God. And God don't need your money if he doesn't have your heart. Amen. Are y'all hearing me saying I say again, God don't need your money if he doesn't have your heart. Scripture tells us where your heart is, there shall your treasure be also. God wants your heart first. Why? Because that's what true worship is all about. And God understood true worship. 
and he's trying to teach us what true worship is all about. Thank you for tuning in to the Souls to Christ radio broadcast. Be sure to join us next week at 1230 for more insightful and compelling truth from our pastor. Also, feel free to log in at ctcofchurch.org, where we live stream the worship service Sunday mornings starting at 1130 a.m. If you want to listen back to previous radio broadcasts or simply want to support Pastor and his ministry, visit us at DwayneWhiteSenior.org. Thank you. Have a blessed day. It's time. I mean, anybody okay with having Jesus as Lord of their life, as being master, as being in charge, as being in control, as being the God of their salvation, as being the one who can instruct them, lead them, teach them, guide them, uh, bless them. Amen. Heal them. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us again here on the Souls to Christ radio outreach. Get ready to do a deep dive into God's holy word from our pastor. Let's join him now as he further elaborates on today's message. Hello, friends, and we thank you for joining us in this last message in our series entitled Worship. Today, we'll complete our study in worshiping through our service. Now, I must say, if you still have a problem with worship after learning the four distinct modes of worship, prayer, presence, gifts, and service, it's only because you still have yet to submit or even acquiesce to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. I guarantee you, yet not I, but the Lord, that with full surrender comes manifold blessings. My friends, it's much easier to worship than to worry. Now, for those who have been blessed by this teaching, we here at CTCRO are elated and would love to hear from you. We also ask that you will partner with us to continue these broadcasts. This world needs to know who Jesus is, and your tax-deductible donation helps us to do just that. It's our mission and prayer to take the whole Word of God to the whole world, and we need your prayers and donations to accomplish it. Any donation in any amount will be greatly appreciated. Now, let's get into the Word. And he's trying to teach us what true worship is all about. Right? So again, this is where we are. Jump back down to verse number 9. Philippians 2, verse number 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Okay? Highly exalted him. God has placed him in a position, given him the status that he had even before he came here. Hello, somebody. He left all the glory that he had on high to come down and become obedient unto death and take on the form of a servant and render his life unto death, to give his life for the death and, and to redeem us through his blood as he became a servant in service to the Lord. I got any servants in the house? Hallelujah. Remember, to serve the God, serve God from the Hebrew word abat means to be made to work or to be made a slave. Paul put it this way. I, I've become a bondservant for Jesus Christ. I'm a slave, a willing slave, if you will, to Jesus Christ. And that's okay by me. Anybody being okay with having Jesus as Lord of their life, as being master, as being in charge, as being in control, as being the God of their salvation, as being the one who can instruct them, lead them, teach them, guide them, uh, bless them. Amen. Heal them. I, I'm okay with being a slave, a bond servant, a servant of the Most High God, and I, I don't have a problem with bowing before him. Hello, somebody. God gave him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Saints of God, that's worship. When we bow before him, every knee should bow. Of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth. 
and every tongue confess. Saints of God, that's worship. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of who? God. He's talking about true worship here. Verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do you see that? Somebody say work it out. Now here the writer is saying here, look, don't you realize that, and don't get it twisted, because what Paul here is not enacting worship for salvation, but he is saying work because of salvation. Are y'all hearing me? He, he's not contradicting the truth or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where he says, look, you, you've done it in my presence. Now that I'm not with you, even much more in my absence, he says, don't stop working because I'm not in your midst. Why? Because you're not working for me. You're not serving me. You're not worshiping me. Hello, somebody. He says, much more in my absence. Work. Somebody say work. Work, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's another writer saying, Paul says again, show me your faith without works. I'll show you my faith, what? By my works. He says, why? Because without faith, as he said, as it says in the book of Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We could not have been saved apart from faith coming through the gospel, the preached word of Jesus Christ. And it takes that same faith that it took to, for us to be saved for by grace we are saved through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so knowing that we have these scriptures, Ephesians, that was Ephesians 2.89, where the writer again, Paul, is saying to the church at Ephesus, look, it's by grace through faith. Grace through faith, not of works. So it would be kind of counterproductive for him to say now that, okay, I need you to work for salvation when he told you salvation has nothing to do with works. Are y'all with me? He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because if you're serving God and you're a servant of the Most High God and you're willing to worship God, then why wouldn't you be willing to work for God? Are y'all hearing me? Why would you be content to come into the house of God and just sit? Hello, somebody. Do you go to your job? Nah, 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 nah. Be careful. You may sit as a secretary, but you're not sitting and doing nothing. Amen, somebody? You may sit on your job as you watch the gate or your security officer, but you're not sitting as a matter of doing nothing. You're watching. Amen. You would not go to work and sit and do nothing because your employer, your manager, your supervisor might constitute that you aren't working and then in the process not only write you up, but they may dismiss you for just sitting. Church is the only place where folk come in and think that it's okay to just sit and not worship because you worship through your service. Hello, somebody. We the only ones that try and play God like that. Like we so pretty, we so cute, uh, we so blessed, we so this, we so that. Look at me. I'm too I'm the way I'm dressed, I'm too cute to serve. <laughs> praising, I might break a sweat praising. You don't want my mascara running all over the place. 
Hello, somebody. Too pretty and too cute to serve, to worship, to get ugly for the Lord. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. Church of God is not a place where we come and sit. We don't, we, we're sitting there because we're listening to the word, but in our spirit, we're worshiping God and praise God because of the, the, uh, the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord Amen. to the glory of God. We know that name. It is indeed a name above every name. It is a name by which we were saved. It is a name by which we are called for me to live as Christ, as Paul said, and to die as gain. I'm willing to die for my worship, Paul said. Hallelujah. Anybody willing to die for worship? Hallelujah. See, those that are on here can't say that. Hello, somebody. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He says, wherefore, my beloved, as ye always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. That means, you know, you work it out and you work it out with holy reverence, paying homage to God as you bow before him in total obedience and humility to his word and his instructions to you to serve him with your whole heart. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's what worshiping with your service is all about. We worship through our service to God. And we don't mind doing what we need to do and what he instructs us to do and what he calls us to do and what we see needs to be done in the house of God because we're worshiping when we do so. We worship in service of God when we bow in obedience to his word. We worship the Lord as we pray according to his truth. We worship the Lord when we show up at his house and we worship him through our gifts and render our service. We worship the Lord when we minister our spiritual gifts. Hello, somebody. See, we haven't touched upon that yet. When we minister the spiritual gifts in the house of the Lord for the edification of the body and for the glory of God. Each one of us that have been saved and bought with the price and have been connected to God by way of our profession of faith in Jesus Christ who every one of us who has the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us has a spiritual gift. And that spiritual gift, as Paul has taught us in the book of Romans chapter 12 and in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where he discusses the spiritual gifts and in the letter that he sent to Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, he tells us about the spiritual gifts and what they are. And each one of us has at least one. Some of us have several. But in the rendering of our gifts, he says you do that in the body. That means you don't render your spiritual gifts in the world. You render your spiritual gifts in the body, which is the church of God. Amen. That he said, what? That the body of Christ might be edified. That means the gift, that spiritual gift that you have, God has given that to you. It's a supernatural empowering in some specific area of service that you render unto the Lord for the edification of the body. And that's why not everybody in the body has the same spiritual gift. But God has made sure that we each share the multiplicity of gifts in the body of Christ that the body might be fit and that the body might be whole. And it doesn't matter what the size of the church is. It could be a 10-member church, a 12-member church, a 15-member church. Let me ask you something. Every church that is born of God, just like in the natural, every baby that is born of a woman, when that baby comes out, that baby, if it's not suffering from some kind of physical malady or birth defect, 
has all of his fingers and all of his toes, arms, legs, ears. Y'all understand? That baby is fit. It's whole. And every church, no matter what the size is, it may be small, but I believe that when that church is birthed by God, that church is fit. It is whole. It has the spiritual gifts that it needs to do the work of ministry, to do the work of the church in these last days. And it does not matter what the size is. See, because when I see people exiting out the door that way, I'm realizing that there are spiritual gifts that somebody's going to be endowed with to cover that which is just left. Hello, somebody. Do y'all believe that? See, I believe that. I believe that God will never leave his house uncovered. He will never leave his house without. Don't you realize that even in your body, it works that way? My, my, my uh, doctor was telling me. I went to my doctor, and I was having an issue uh, uh, with my veins. And, you know, I, without getting into great detail about my health situation, because that's not what this is all about, my, my doctor relayed the fact to me. He says, you know what? It doesn't worry about that. He says, when one vein dies, another vein takes up the slack so that there's no lack and no loss of the functioning of whatever that member is because when one vein dies, another vein will take up the slack. Are y'all hearing me, saints of God? See, see, because some of us have circulation problems. And if the fact that God didn't design the body so that when one uh, piece of the body is not functioning, there's something that comes along and picks up the slack. Just like in the body of Christ, when one piece of the body leaves, praise God, God makes sure that through the gifting of the Holy Spirit, that the church is not left without because you refuse to worship in your presence. Hello, somebody. Hmm. I just convicted a whole lot of folks sitting home at Bedside Baptist. But that's the truth. God knows what he's doing, and I thank God for it. That's why I don't worry about those that left. I'm more excited about those that are coming. Hello, somebody. I'm excited about the harvest. Jesus said the fields are white with harvest. Look around you. There's work to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are what? Few. Not too many people, I would dare say, not too many churches are concerned about the harvest. Bringing in the harvest. New souls to Christ. That's our mantra, souls to Christ. We just launched a radio ministry here. Souls to Christ, radio outreach. Why? Because we're serious about bringing souls to Christ and that people might know who Jesus is. There are a lot of people that are hurting. A lot of people that are suffering, a lot of people that are homeless, a lot of people that are looking for answers, that are looking for a sense of family, that don't know who they are or where they belong, that want to know on the truth, is God real or isn't he real? That don't want religion, they want a relationship, they want a connection, they need an encounter with the true God and through true worship. And how are they going to have that except it be through true worshipers? that are not trying to pummel them with religion. Not, not trying to get them right through legalism. Are y'all hearing me? But trying to make sure that they know the God, uh, the creator of heaven and earth, who provided a way of escape, that we don't have to die from our sins, that we can be justified and forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
It takes true worshipers to do that. Because when you're all about worship, you understand, as I said before, worship is 24-7. It's not just a Sunday go to meeting kind of day thing. It's an every morning that you wake up till the, the night when you lay down that you are in worship to the Lord. Because there's potential for reward for everything that you do for the Lord, whether you're in church or whether you're out of church. But God don't ever want you putting the out of church before the in church. Hello, somebody. Because this is where you come to learn. This is where you come to be fortified. This is where you come uh, to get sanctified according to the word of God that you might be prepared for the service and prepared for every good work, as the word says. Anybody believe that? Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Amen. All of this, all of this worship, 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 worshiping through prayer. Worshiping through our presence, worshiping with our gifts, worshiping with our service, all leads us to one final glorious climax. What is that, praise? Hallelujah, somebody. Huh? Huh? See, you can't praise. I started out by saying, you can't praise God unless you know God. And you, don't, you can't know God unless you are willing to worship God and render unto him that which is due him. There is no God like him. There is no one higher than him. There is no God like our God. And Jesus Christ is the name that he has given us, the name that has been highly exalted, the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Believe it or not, those that won't worship him now, they will worship him according to those scriptures. Amen. Hello, somebody. Right. Like I said, you better worship God now because you can do it willingly now or be made to worship later, right before you're condemned through all eternity. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd rather give him the glory now. Hello, somebody. Amen. I'd rather worship him now. I'd rather serve him now. I'd rather give now. Uh, why? Because these few years that we have here on this earth are nothing compared to eternity. Whatever years you are, however old you are, tomorrow's not promised. And, and if God never does another thing for you, he's still worthy of worship. He's still worthy of glory. He's still worthy of the honor. He's still worthy. Just the fact that he saved you, the fact that he saved you from an eternal death, eternal separation from him forever and ever, suffering in the lake of fire, he's worthy. Somebody say he's worthy. God deserves all the glory. He deserves all the honor. He deserves all the praise. He deserves your worship. And you can't divide worship between that which is for God, to God, and that which is to the world. See, because some of us are trying to divide worship. Let me tell you something. You might be worshiping other gods, but it's not worship that's going to be counted and received of the Lord. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you what? Serve. You could have said worship. They're one and the same. How many of you believe you heard the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Huh? Believe it or not, I'm done. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this series that has dealt with worship. We thank you for Jesus Christ who made it all possible. We thank you, O oh God, for the truth and the power of your word as we understand more clearly what worship is truly all about. And Father, if there's someone that has been listening, this series that has to do with true worship, but we realize, according to your word, that's what you're seeking. And they're ready to take a stand based on your truth. They're ready to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're ready to bow down to you 
as the only wise and true God of the universe. Father, I pray that you will have them to follow me in this brief sinner's prayer. And if you're ready to receive Jesus as your own personal Savior, you're ready for that relationship that we've been talking about. We're going to ask that you now follow Pastor in this brief sinner's prayer. For salvation is just one prayer away. Repeat after me, Father, I know that I am a sinner. I have been that one seeking and wandering. And Father, I believe that you have spoke to me today through your word. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that he did die. And I believe that he did get up on the third day with all power. So Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. And I ask this, Father, in the name of your Son, my Lord Jesus, my Savior. My soul says amen. Amen and amen. This was certainly a powerful series on worship. Good afternoon, saints and friends. My name is Elder Michael Davis of Christ Temple Christian Fellowship, and I'm sitting here with my pastor, the man who brought us this powerful series, Pastor Dwayne K. White Sr. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Mike. Doing fine. Praise God. Thank God for another opportunity to uh, be back in the studio. We've been worshiping in place now, yes. so uh, it's good to come together, even at the close of this this worship series. So we have a little bit of time, and I want to ask you a couple questions um, that uh, we can get you to answer right now. How about this? Pastor, how did this series come about, and where did the inspiration come from? Well, Mike, for this particular series, uh, it came actually from my leaders. In my year-end meetings with each of them, I always asked them to give their thoughts on the spiritual growth of the church and what may be needed, what may be lacking, and Based on their response, I lift those things up in prayer to God um, that he might lead me in whatever the next series might be. And that's going to be, you know, contingent on the spiritual needs of the church. Wow. How do you determine from week to week what the next message will be? Well, actually, I don't. Okay. God, the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> uh, unlike many preachers who get their messages from, you know, other preachers or sermon notes or books, I depend solely on God to know what his people need from week to week, since Jesus is the head of the church yes. and Lord of all. He always knows what we stand in the need of and has not failed to make sure every soul is fed and gets exactly what they came for. Mike, it, 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 I can't even begin to number the times that people have come up to me after a sermon and wondering how I knew and Right. They were just talking to someone about the exact same thing and have been praying to God about exactly what I spoke about in the sermon. And I just stand in awe because I know it wasn't me. It was God. God. God knows what we need. And God is able to answer, you know, our prayers, our requests for knowledge, whatever it may be. You know, the confirmation of the Spirit is so empowering and enlightening to God's people. And, you know, that's the part of pastoring that I love. I love to see when the light comes on in people, when when they begin to grow, and I begin to see them grow in their faith walking, in their knowledge of God. That, that, that's so powerful. So let me ask you this. Can we go backstage a little bit? Because the music and production on this is, is phenomenal. How you have uh, had this support, the broadcast, where did that come from? Well, let me just first give a shout out to, to my in-house engineer, the my second son, uh, David, who is 
uh, not only our engineer, yes. he's our minister of music. He, he's been our our solo artist for many of the uh, live streams. Um, he's our media rep. He's our choir director. On, he also man. produces. He's multi-talented young Give man. Give many talents like his dad. Hey, man, following <laughs> his dad's footsteps. Praise God. I, I just thank God for David, and he is the one that does the editing and engineering along with myself because I, I you know I still get in there from time okay. to time as right. well too and let me just say that David's voice is also the voice that you hear on all the intros and outros on the broadcast amen uh, and so um, this music all the music that, that you're hearing uh, is kind of the bedliner for the sermons and for the narratives all that's my own music so I'm not using anybody else's stuff I'm not using any uh, material pre-produced by someone else all this music has been Produced by myself, written by myself, and at some point was out there in the world. Can the music be purchased, and if so, where? Don't know whether it's still available on Amazon or the different downstream venues, but anyone that desires a copy of it, like, for example, the music that we're listening to as a bedline today, that's coming off of a project I put out. Uh, some number of years ago called Hymnology. And nice. what we did was, that was by the Upper Room Players, a group that I had started. We took all hymns and redid them into a gospel uh, jazz format. And so it's a wonderful project. Very good. Even my theme music came from a project that I did uh, called uh, The Power of God. My God. Amen. And that was from a group I put together called Maximum Glory. So it's all my stuff. Praise so you God. use all your gifts and talents for ministry, huh? Thank God to God be the glory. <laughs> so where do we go from here? What's next for the teaching series? Well, I think what's, what comes next should be praise. You know, right. oftentimes we, we talk about going to church to praise and worship, but I like to flip it. Worship, oh, praise, praise, because uh, you need to understand worship before you can rightly praise. And so that would be the next thing coming forth in the series is praise. Let me ask you this. Uh, we're in the season of COVID-19. Coronavirus has made it impossible for the collective gathering of worship houses and services to take place. What do you think will be the short and long-term effect of the pandemic of the church? Well, the church is not unfamiliar with pandemics, so the church has always been instrumental in serving the people by aiding in and the medical services and the care and the comfort of those who need it. And today is no different. You know, even in this COVID-19, churches have come together and they've been donating uh, the PPE equipment that is needed for hospitals and individuals. And, uh, they've been giving out food, they've been providing shelter. And so the church is gonna always do what it needs to do in spite of the time. This is no new thing for us. And I believe that uh, due to the number of people that are searching for answers, the church is always going to rebound stronger uh, because of its service and because of the love that we show in these times of need. And the people see that and they know where they can turn. The world has always turned to the church in times like this. The governor just implemented phase one of his plan to reopen the state on yesterday. Are you planning to have service tomorrow and reopen the church? No, no, we're not going to reopen. We have yet to implement our reentry uh, program, and so I, I don't think anybody realized that they want to open the state this soon. But we will continue to live stream on Sundays 
until we have implemented our strategy for reopening because everything has to be seen to. You just don't throw the doors open and expect people to come running in. We can only operate at 50%. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that when people come to worship, they can still come to worship in a safe environment. We have to make sure the mask and all the guidelines for from the CDC and the state are still in place. And so we will not be opening on this Sunday, okay? But saints of God, Keep yourselves in touch while we have the website and Facebook. We will let you know as soon as our first day of worship will be announced. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Keep up the good work. Praise God. Thank you, Elder and Saints of God. Remember uh, to grab us again on Facebook, CTCF Church, and also our live stream on Sunday can be found at ctcfchurch.org. Thank you for tuning in to the Souls to Christ radio broadcast. Be sure to join us next week at 1230 for more insightful and compelling truth from our pastor. Also, feel free to log in at ctcfchurch.org where we live stream the worship service Sunday mornings starting at 1130 a.m. If you want to listen back to previous radio broadcasts or simply want to support Pastor and his ministry, visit us at dwaynewhitesenior.org. Thank you. Have a blessed day.